Hello, I'm Luke. And I'm Courtney. And this is our story. His glory. Podcast. Last week, we talked a little bit about my childhood and upbringing and just kind of how I grew up. And this week, I want to get her side of her childhood and the differences and just stuff has just been different in her life versus mine. And it's it's good to see an outlook and I'm sure as many in the world who's had worse but similar situations and I'm sure it could help somebody just to know that you're not alone. Different perspectives. We grew up different, similar in some ways, but different. Definitely. Definitely. Well, let's get into it. Yeah, let's get into it. I guess I'm in the hot seat this week. You are. <laughs> so what kind of kid were you, first of all? Um, well, definitely anxious. Um, definitely a nervous kid. Um, as you've heard stories. <laughs> My mom used to say, she used to tell people that I was scared. The moon wouldn't go down and the sun wouldn't come up. <laughs> I just had so much fear. I don't know. It just totally um, encompassed me. But, uh, I mean, I was a pretty good kid. I mean, I definitely had an attitude. Still do a little bit. God's helping me. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I was very girly. Also very tomboy. I'm still that way. I love makeup and hair and all the things that a girly girl loves. But I also love four-wheeler riding and, you know, hunting and fishing and boat riding. I want to get along so well. <laughs> yeah, so um, I definitely have that split kind of personality of, you know, I love a lot of outdoors things, but also um, pretty girly too. And I was that way as a kid. Um, I'd fight the boys in the neighborhood just as quick as I would want to go fix my hair and makeup for the day. It's just how I was. <laughs> defensive? Um, not defensive, but like I did not allow anybody to, uh, walk all over me at all. I guess that's where me and you differ still to this day. <laughs> yeah. I <d> <laughs> You're more easy going than I am. Yeah, it takes a lot to push me over there. Yeah, definitely a short fuse. Uh, quick to retaliate <laughs> if I felt like I needed to. So, yeah. Did you have any siblings? Yes. So, um, my family is, I come from a split home, so it's kind of a little confusing. But my siblings that I grew up with, um, I have two older sisters and a younger brother. And then um, I also have two, no, no, three younger sisters and two younger brothers from my dad that um, we didn't grow up together because there's just a huge age gap there. But, um, you know, as far as the sake of today's story, what we'll be talking about involves definitely growing up. And so, yeah, two older sisters and my little brother. So which one did you get along with more? Oh, God. Um, well, my oldest sister, I definitely, like, idolized her. I just thought she had the best stuff. I tormented her, tortured her for her things. I thought she was the coolest thing in the world. Um, my sister, who's under her, is still older than me, but, um, we're closer in age. We fought a lot, but we are 
we were and still are very close. We're all close. I mean, you know that. Me and my siblings are very, very close. Um, and then my little brother, we fought a lot too, but um, still pretty close. So we kind of all, we always say we had like our little clique together. We fought, but we were close at the same time. I, I'm sure most people can relate to that as far as siblings. Most definitely. <laughs> so I know that your mom and your real dad, they had y'all when your dad was 18 and your mom was 24. Yes. A little bit of a cougar. So She's going to kill me for saying that. <laughs> that's all right. It is what it is. So yes. When, he was young. When that all didn't work out, then y'all ended up moving in with my grandma for a while. We lived with my grandma. So my parents, my biological dad and my mom, um, I think I was one. I don't even know if I was one yet when they divorced. So I have no recollection of them ever being together. Um, I don't remember living with my grandma either. Kind of where my... I guess, um, like my memories as far back as I can recall would be probably like two and three, which my mom had reconnected with her. Um, it, it was her high school sweetheart. They had kind of reconnected and, um, I just always knew him to be my dad. I mean, I was two. He's still my dad. <laughs> um, he raised me and my sisters, like we were his own. And um, not that I didn't see my biological dad. I definitely did. Um, I kind of went back and forth a while, like weekends and things like that, um, especially like with my grandma. Um, I went to her house a lot, and he was there. And so, you know, but, yeah, as far as, like, my biological dad, I don't remember them ever being together. I just remember her being with my dad that raised me. And when... You recall being raised by by him. Were y'all all living together at that point? Um, yeah, yeah. I remember we lived in this little duplex um, in the town where I'm from. We lived in this little duplex. And I just have like bits and pieces of memories from there. It's not necessarily that I remember like everything. It's just certain little things I can recall. And, um, yeah, I, I think it was a pretty good time, you know, in our life. So, I mean, I don't think we had a whole lot, but I don't remember. I don't have, like, any bad memories of being in that house or other than my sister's fighting with my dad. <laughs> That's very typical. Yeah. <laughs> and eventually things just didn't work out between that and yeah we're, just, we're totally different people yeah and eventually yeah, it turned into a, a divorce mm -hmm. and a split household and you were how old so when my dad that raised me and my mom um got divorced i think i was nine um and that was really hard um i mean you definitely i know most people can relate whenever you grow up in a split home you deal with a lot of rejection and like a lot of, I use the word lightly, like abandonment issues, even though like I still had relationship with my biological dad and, you know, um, it just, 
I don't know. There's just something inside of you as a child that knows that something is missing. There's a piece missing. And I remember being very confused because I remember wishing that my dad, my real dad, was like in my house, married to my mom, and that we were all family. But I loved my siblings, and I loved my dad that raised me, and I loved them together too. So it was just really difficult to navigate like my feelings and thoughts on all of that, I think, as a child, which... I know, unfortunately, so many people grew up in split homes, and I know y'all probably can relate to that. It's really difficult to, um, when you're so small and you have such big feelings and such big emotions, it's really difficult to navigate that. But yeah, um, when my dad had raised me and my mom split, I was like, I think nine. And um, we, I took it very, very hard. We all did. We took it very, very hard. Um, it was a really, really rough time for us, for everybody. Um, it's hard seeing your parents um, go through things. And it, it's my mom is wonderful, and she's such a strong person that, um, I, I mean, I don't remember a whole lot. I probably could count on one time the amount of times I remember her breaking down during that time and us seeing her do that. She totally did that in private. And um they did their absolute best i think as best as two people divorcing could do to co-parent as far as showing up for events for us together they did that as best as they could obviously it took time to kind of work that out because there's a lot of feelings that go on in a divorce and um you know so it was difficult for everybody but once they kind of um just refocused and remembered like you know it was about us mainly and just keeping us con content and happy even though the situation was hard and they knew it was hard did it cause any of y'all to kind of act out just not knowing why y'all was acting out but just changing yeah. personality yeah definitely um definitely i i can't really say uh and i don't want to speak even a whole lot on like my siblings point of view because it's their point of view and I just don't know enough to say specifically. I do know one of us um, ended up like failing that school year, had to do summer school, and they were really good students, so that was really abnormal, um, you know, and just rebelling a little bit. It's hard because you want to like be angry at one parent and blame one, but the reality is it, it's never once well not never but most of the time it's not one-sided it's always two so it's just a lot of big 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 feelings and big emotions and when you're little it's it's just very confusing like I remember um having the thoughts of like oh my gosh like I know he's my dad but like is this changing anything for me and him like is it I know they're divorcing so is he divorcing me too like it was just the, these you know, just these feelings of that rejection, I think, of growing up in that split home already, coming back of like, oh my gosh, am I going to re be rejected twice by a dad? Or not that my first, my biological dad rejected me. It's not like that situation. But, you know, just those feelings naturally tend to come up. And so you just, um, yeah, it's just hard. It's, it's just a hard thing. I know, um, you know, my siblings definitely felt it. We all felt it. And we did like seven and seven. 
which was good I think as far as like your time with your parents um, but it was really difficult to like constantly be going back and forth back and forth um, it got really old really fast like it just I remember having the thoughts of like I don't have like an actual like this is my home all the time it was like that's my home as much as that is my home and that just bothered me I don't know why and it you know when I was with my dad I wanted my mom when I was with my mom I wanted my dad and I'm sure my siblings felt similar um so you know it just was hard yeah I, I come from a not split home and to think about having a split between mom and dad it just it it's, it just don't seem like something that's natural it's definitely not no to, like when you come home you see mom and daddy and that's mm -hmm. what a normal kid's life is and to have to go we're going to mom's this week we're going to dad's this week yeah. or just the drama of switching from one to the other yeah it's got to be a lot but yeah doing it, all of that did that form any opinion of marriage in your mind as a kid definitely definitely um you know like there were two couples in my day-to-day, -day, like my everyday. I had aunts and uncles who were married for a long time, but like in my day-to-day, -day, the only marriage that I marriages that I saw that had actually worked out were my grandparents, and then my grandparents on um, another side. However, one of them had passed away when I was like four, so I, I didn't even get to really see that dynamic growing up a whole lot. So it was really, um, it was hard because like in my head, it just seemed, I think, um, it put this, these thoughts in my head of that, like things are disposable, like easily disposable, like yeah, things that, yeah, like nothing's permanent, no permanent home, no permanent situation, no matter what you feel in a moment. It can 100% change and be ripped from you tomorrow. It so it created some sort of anxiety. Huge, yeah. Played a huge part. All of it. Not just particularly that divorce. Just, I mean, just in general growing up. Because, you know, like I had mentioned with my biological dad, going back and forth to see him. Then he ended up moving when I was seven to um, Miami for a long time. And um, just hard. It's hard. Like, you just... You, you can't help, no matter the reasons or how much you speak or how often you go visit on breaks and during summers, and you can't help but feel that rejection. And so I think it was really hard um, kind of like reliving it in a situation that I felt like was supposed to be permanent. You know, like my dad that raised me, and I thought him and my mom, that was permanent. And so then when it wasn't, it just created more unsettledness inside of me of like you know oh things just things don't work out things don't end good ever I think is really the gist of it it's kind of what what started in me but that had already previously those seeds had already been planted years so prior. you were to assume that it's probably just not gonna work yeah it just um it put a lot of fear in me about like um like having kids one day more I think more than I thought about like marriage it was more about like um you know 
I don't want to have kids one day and them have to go through all these things that happen when people are married, you know, and I even remember I had a friend whose parents were married for so long and I just idolized that and I thought that was so special and they got divorced and I remember that even that impacted me of like, wow, okay, it's not just us. It's, this is just what happens. Yeah. Things just don't work out, you know. I notice that a lot in public school. A lot of people yeah, it's had sad. split homes, and it yeah. started seeming like that was to be a more, more common. More, yeah, yeah, more common me than too. not. Yeah. I always wondered what that was like because I didn't really have that. It, was, it came close a few times, but it never truly split. So yeah. I always wondered. Well, and like I went to Catholic school too, and so like a lot of times. Um, a lot of the, my friends couldn't relate to that. Their parents had been together and stayed together. And so, um, I think you just feel it, it's weird. It's like, there's a level of shame that comes with it sometimes, even though it's not your fault, it's nothing you did. And things just unfortunately happened that, um, you know, led my parents to the decisions that they made and, um, they had their own unhealed wounds that all everything always plays a part in that you know but um yeah it's hard and especially it's, in the beginning of yeah. it it's all they gotta get it all settled you yeah figure life mm -hmm. out all over again yeah and it's really hard too after time passes and you watch your parent move on with someone else it's just really hard it's really you have a lot of feelings and that person whether they're great or not they get put under such a microscope to the child like in our eyes, I think, because you're just constantly comparing them to the picture that you thought and you want your life to be. So it's like, you know, even if they played no part in the divorce, it still felt like they were like an enemy because my parents are divorced and I don't want my parents divorced. And you're here and you're not supposed to be, you know, it just, it was hard. It was really difficult. I can see that. Mm -hmm. And then it was you... Two sisters and a brother, so that's four total yeah. kids, mm -hmm. and then your mom was starting over being a single yeah. parent with four kids, Yeah. so that means she had to pick up the slack yeah. financially. Mm -hmm. so that was I mean, hard. So yeah. somebody had to help around the house, and I'm sure that put a lot on... My oldest sister. Your oldest sister, and just y'all having to kind of pick up just yeah. to help yeah. things I, go smoothly. I think it's, um, you know, it's such different perspectives. Um, always say like I lived both sides of it because when, um, I was growing up, I was one of the younger siblings, me and my little brother are the younger ones. And so my two older sisters kind of shielded and kind of just did what you do as an older sibling. And they just stood in that gap, I think, and, um, just spoke up when me and my brother didn't have a voice to speak up and, you know, um, just different things, and I got to see that later on when I kind of got my second uh, <laughs> few of uh, siblings that were younger than me. I, I became that for them, and I got to see that dynamic of, oh, wow, you know, this must have been hard on my sisters because, um, you know, my mom is a really hard worker, and she will provide if she has, she will Oh, she's just that way. Like it she's kind of put you in like a, yeah. a parent spot. Yeah, kind of like you gotta you gotta look out for the little ones. Yeah, and... she's working. She has to work. You know, 
she is working and there's homework and there's dinner and there's things and she has to get home as soon as she can and she's trying her best and we all had to play our our role to make it go smooth and you know it's just a lot it was a lot it was hard but. and through all of that you you had anxiety obviously yeah. because of the situation but then you ended up having OCD as a child. Yeah, really and bad. Was that before or during or after the divorce? Um, I've always, always, always been anxious. Like, I always remember, I say always, I don't know, like as a toddler if I was that way, really, but I always remember as a kid being very anxious and, um, like, fighting, just constantly fighting, being stuck in my head about things. The OCD tendencies, I don't know. I can't pinpoint, like, what age that specifically started. I just remember, for sure, it was before they even divorced. And, um, or you know what, maybe it was, like, in the middle of, you know, because there was a year of um, just fighting and, they just didn't get along, and so, you know, there was just a lot of that, and now that I'm kind of recalling, I think it kind of started during that time, actually. Um, it was crippling, like, there's no other word I can say to describe it. It was crippling. I was constantly, constantly paranoid, constantly having to do things. Six was like the number. I had to do everything in sixes, and you know, flick a light switch, I'll go back, it has to be six, if my pencil slides down my desk, I'm putting it back, I remember I counted everything, I would count, I would count ceiling tiles, bricks on the, like, I mean, anything, and, um, I would stay up sometimes late, uh, in my bed, just crying, because I was tired, and I could not physically stop my mind from counting the tiles in my ceiling, and um, it just, I don't know why I never talked to my mom or my dad about it. Um, to my knowledge, I don't think I did. I mean, they all knew I was anxious. Everybody that knew me knew I was a very anxious kid. Probably, you probably normalized it in your head. Yeah, sure. I guess. I really don't know. It's so hard to say because I, I think I was like, I don't know, maybe like seven or eight. How did you get out of that routine? So... Now that I look back, I just know it had to be God because um, I was laying in bed one night and I was crying. And, you know, I had a knowledge of God. I grew up with a knowledge of God. My mom was big about that and, um, you know, pray. And I went to a Catholic school. And um, so I knew that I could go to God if I needed. I just didn't have that real relationship that I do now that, like, opened up that world for me of, you know, it being an actual relationship and not just religion, but I knew that I could go to God. And so I was up one night laying in my bed and I am counting the tiles on the ceiling again and I'm just crying and I'm just started praying, um, God, will you help me? Like, I can't stop and I want to sleep and I'm exhausted and just upset and I don't understand this. And I just had like a thought drop in my mind. Why don't you mix up your numbers? And instantly, like, because the OCD, 
was um, a lot of times with even numbers for some reason. The thought of even mixing them up caused me anxiety. But I was just so desperate, I think, to come out of it that I for like actually forced myself to start. If I would start counting one, two, three, then I would just, you know, 16, Mix it all 18, up. 20. Yeah. And eventually I fell asleep. And I remember that that broke something in me. It's like something like a switch happened of realizing I can kind of combat this a little bit. And now that I look back, I recognize it. Um, I just believe God answered my prayer. I think he just answered the prayer of a child. Um, he knew I was desperate and he wanted to help. And I think that was a moment for me of realizing, um, you know, like I said, that I could try to grip it even though it was so big i couldn't really pull it 100 percent back but i could get out of that part of it you know yeah well i mean a little bit of relief is better than none yeah and it was a lot i mean because the counting was a big thing it caused me more anxiety and stress than i think any of it did so do you still deal with any any of the stuff you kind of dealt with growing up now um, as an adult or do you you feel some kind of relief as having a successful marriage and a successful family and them having a mom and dad growing up together is that yeah. do some kind of kind of fulfillment for you i think um being able to raise my kids um in an environment that i didn't get to have which is both biological parents there and um i don't actually have any siblings that are my full-blooded siblings and for some reason that always stuck with me as a kid even though i don't feel like my, i will never just say oh that's my half sibling i don't feel that way because we were just all raised together those are my siblings but something in me always wanted my kids to have the same parents and um yeah it's something i know that sounds so silly but um, I think it definitely healed a part of me, maybe like that little girl inside who had all those fears about her kids, you know, it healed a lot of that. Um, like the things you wanted. Being able to give it to them. Yeah. Yeah. It's huge. Um, the impact that it has had on me has been like relieving knowing that they get that. Um, it's so precious to me. I'll guard it like probably over anything else in my life is their, their circle, their world, what's happening immediately in their lives as best as I can. I'll fight for that to stay as healthy and normal as it can be. Um, but it also has caused, I think a lot of fears of the unknown. It's kind of having kids and particularly being married. And as going through some of the things we've gone through, not knowing how the story would end, not knowing what the outcome would be, it pierced a piece of me deep inside of, you know, things don't work out. This isn't going to end well. You know, those kind of things. All of that came rushing in really heavy in the midst of, you know, some of the really hard times that we've gone through. And, um, as a mom, knowing that I will do anything I can 
to protect them and keep them safe, no matter what that means. And so, um, you know, just kind of sympathizing, I think, my parents and as an adult, you just understand you see things from a different perspective. It doesn't take away from, um, you know, it was a hard way to grow up sometimes. Um, I think back about that. And I know so many people have had it so much worse and I don't ever want to take away from that. I'm grateful for the life I've had. Very grateful, like down to my bones, grateful. But um, there definitely were things that have impacted who I am. Um, the OCD, I don't really deal with. There's certain things, little kind of quirks, little like tendencies here, um, here and there that I'll know, like, don't let that, you know, <laughs> don't let that grow because that might be something. And I just will ask God, just sincerely, just help me to keep this balanced, help me to keep this in check. And um, the anxiety has been a thing of its own, a monster all on its own. I mean, you know that. we, You've experienced some of my worst times with it. It can be debilitating um, if I let it. But truly, God has helped me so much. My mind was so... Um, tormented and so anxious that I don't know if I would be able to be a healthy functioning adult without God. And I'm not exaggerating when I say that nobody knows other than God, nobody knows the deepest, darkest parts of my mind and how much torment was happening in, inside of it the way that I do. And to think about raising kids in that or trying to have a healthy marriage in that, I just know that um, it wouldn't coexist. It wouldn't happen. So it is 100% God. There's two verses um, that have helped me tremendously. I have them off to the side. I want to read them so that I don't miss it. This was something that the Lord really showed me in his word, which is also side note, the importance of reading. Um, there's so many things in there that just, they almost just come off of the page at you um, that will be nuggets that you can hold on and keep. And I literally have these written in my phone to um, hold on to. Um, well, yeah, they're saved in my phone. But so anyway, to hold on to that way, I can go back and look in times where I'm struggling. But uh, the first one is Second Timothy 1, 6 through 7. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. <laughs> I remember reading that statement, that last part, a sound mind, and having the realization that my mind, apart from Christ, is not sound. And I don't know truly if any of us <laughs> can say it is, but specifically me, with everything that I dealt with, like I knew and I know my mind apart from Christ is not sound. It's not healthy. It doesn't function the way it's supposed Most to. Most people's mind by nature is selfish. And we always do the things that we want and the things that best suit our yeah. needs. No, it's true. And it definitely, um, my mind is worst case scenario. Like immediately. <laughs> I have to constantly keep myself in prayer to not live in that realm of nothing works out. Things don't end good, you know. Um, the second verse is Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. For I know the plans that I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. 
And um, I remember reading that in one night of just God has good plans for me. He has good plans for my future. He thinks of me with love. And I know I can leave what's ahead to him. I don't have to sit here and try to figure it out and stress myself. I can breathe knowing that just like this says, I have plans to give you hope and a future. Good, not harm. And those are just two. There's a ton, but those are two specifically that have helped me so much just in my walk and in my life. Also something that I'm going to say God told me. I don't mean audibly. I mean, kind of just spoke to my heart. Um, this year, actually, I was at a women's retreat and I was in, in the altar and I was praying. And um, God just told me, you know, like I said, spoke to my heart. Um, Courtney, you are always waiting on the negative. You're always waiting on the shoe to drop. And I said, <laughs> in my head, I said back, well, that's because people fail. People fail me. People disappoint me. They hurt me. And I don't like to be vulnerable to that. So I rather just expect the worst to happen. Put up a wall. And put up a wall. And when it happens, yeah, I knew it was going to go bad anyway. And I was just kind of like battling like that in prayer. And God just so sweetly and convicting. <laughs> that sweet conviction. Your dad always talks about that. God's conviction is a sweet conviction with direction. You know? Anyway, God just so sweetly spoke to me. You're not waiting on other people to fail. You're waiting on me to fail. And I'm not going to fail. And it lit a fire under me. I could have just like stood up and took off running. It was like, oh, like my whole child, everything just summed up into one statement and one thing alone. Do you trust him or do you not? If you do, then you need to walk in it because he doesn't fail. Even when people let us down, even when people disappoint us, he doesn't. And he does promise, Jeremiah 29, 11, plans to give you hope and a future. And I think that that's an important message for myself in particular and all of us to just know that God has good plans for those who love and seek him. And that's the key. We have to seek him. We have to um, do what we're supposed to do on our end. To keep ourselves in position to receive his blessings. I think when we walk around moping around waiting on the negative to happen. His blessings walk right in front of us and we don't even receive them. Because we don't even recognize it. I know that from my own life. It's standing in front of me and I don't even see that it's here. Because I'm stuck in this negative space. And I think the importance of serving God is just that faith of knowing He's a good God and he's got good for me, you know. Well, definitely I'm glad to <laughs> have heard that side. I've never really asked into detail about that and how you felt growing up. And it's good to see that because I, I haven't experienced any of them feelings or yeah. seen anything like that because I just didn't have them situations coming for me. So yeah, those who have, I'm sure it's good to know that they're not alone and to find ways to work through it. Yeah. And, um, but next week we will <laughs> get into the good stuff, get into more back on me and when things really started taking a turn yeah. and where things, where we met, went from 
blows to highs yes. when we met and we we get to tell our story and where how we ended up where we are today and yes. it's a it's a true love story it's our love story <laughs> and it's a bit crazy but i wouldn't have it any other way <laughs> wouldn't be us if it wasn't no yeah and it you know it's not just um our love story as beautiful and as much as i love it because i do it's got a lot of shadows it does and it um i, I think at the end of it all when we're done talking about that specific, those specific parts, I think you guys are going to see more importantly too. It's a love story of God's love and mercy, teamwork, and grace and effort, and um, things don't just happen. They don't come easy. You have to get your hands Marriage dirty. Marriage does not just happen. It doesn't just mm -hmm. work. It's something that you got to work at daily and just put put yeah. effort in towards each you other. Do. Everybody got to put a little piece of their self to the side to yeah. make the whole thing work you do say that to the kids i'm like we gotta all play our part for things to run smooth in the house yeah but yeah right. same with the church honestly Nothing functions without order everybody working together yeah definitely well thank you guys for hearing me out today i hope it encouraged somebody um if you're really battling and you're fighting with anxiety i encourage you to re-listen to that part that i talked about those verses write them down, stick them on your mirror in the morning, stick them anywhere that you can see them and just remind yourself of them, read them out loud, just really meditate on them. And um, yeah, so thank you guys. See you next week.